Hello, this is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 135. Uh, Toyed with doing another themed one for this one, uh, but ultimately decided to keep it as just a regular episode. Uh, Probably going to do the same with episode 136 as well, but then after that, maybe we'll try and go the themed route again. It's been a little while. Um... All right, let's uh, let's jump right in here. This is a band from the Netherlands, from that Dutch death metal scene. Been going since 2009, and frankly uh, surprised me because I thought that they were kind of done after the death of uh, one of their founding members, and that band is Body Farm, and they're one of the better uh, bands from that Dutch scene. Uh, I believe it was Thomas Wouters who passed away, um, I think from cancer, if I remember correctly, but that was. A few years ago, and um, they kind of released that final album of theirs. Um, I can't remember if it was released right after he passed, but he had already like kind of recorded his parts and all that. But I thought that was it. I thought that was kind of the swan song for them. And then, uh, surprisingly, I saw a new single um, very recently from them. So I'm going to play it now. Uh, Evidently, they have an album coming out on uh, February 6th called Ultimate Abomination. Uh, It's going to be their fifth album and their first one since 2018. That's coming out through Edged Circle Productions. And uh, yeah, I've seen the track listing and the cover art. The cover is uh, is awesome. And this single is pretty damn cool as well. It's it's just really heavy. It's not... I usually start off with something that's pretty fast and intense and all that, but uh, this one's not not so fast, but it's uh, just... It's got some oomph to it. It's very heavy and um, just kind of very quintessential Dutch death metal. They've always had a sound that kind of toes the line between, you know, the uh, more Eastern European, you know, German uh, kind of sound and then the Swedish kind of sound. And they just kind of uh, fuse it all together in their own their own way. But yeah, very cool that they're still going and uh, and still releasing quality stuff because this single is pretty damn cool. So uh, I'm definitely going to check out this record when it comes out here in a few weeks. Again, the record's called Ultimate Abomination, coming out February 6th. This is Body Farm with The Swamp.
Alright, there we go. That was Body Farm from the Netherlands with The Swamp. Definitely a cool song, great production, very heavy, and it just sounds very much like them. Um, they haven't deviated much at all from their, their usual sound. Uh, Alright, we're going to the USA here. There's a lot of American ones on this one. Um, we're going to Florida, and this is definitely one of those bands that you think of when you think of uh, good Florida death metal. It's Obituary, and uh, they existed initially from 88 to 97, and then they uh, kind of regrouped in 03, and they've been going strong ever since. They've had a couple of snoozers in there since they reformed. Um, they've never put out a bad album, but they've just put out a couple that are just not that memorable, really. Um, their last album, the self-titled album, uh, to me is is possibly the best of their entire career. It's a really, really strong record, and um, it took them a while but they just came out with uh, the follow-up to that one. It's their 11th album overall. It's called Dying of Everything. And uh, just came out on January 13th through Relapse Records. And, yeah, it's good. I wish they would get somebody else to do the mixing and mastering. They've had the same guy do their mix uh, for the last like three or four albums. And he's their live uh, audio engineer. And just because he's good at it in a live setting doesn't necessarily mean he's the right guy to mix the record because they haven't sounded bad I mean you can hear every instrument pretty clearly but they've always just had a strange production just a very weird sound uh, the last album had probably the best production that that guy has done I can't remember his name but uh, this one sounds a little strange but again it's not it's not too bad it's not really detrimental to the album or anything but I do wish they had a, a different person handling the mixes but yes, this album is strong. You can definitely hear, uh, what's his name, Kenny, I think uh, is his name, the other guitar player who's not Trevor. <laughs> so uh, you can hear his influence a lot in some of these songs with some of the, uh, well, the solos, obviously, but some of the riffing, you can tell, is just a little bit more uh, active, I guess, than things that Trevor would write. Um, so yeah, he's definitely got some more riffs in this album than he has on uh, any others that he's been a part of so far. But this one I like because it kind of has a little of everything, this song that I'm about to play. Um, some different tempos and some great riffs and uh, just excellent vocals, of course. And just very quintessential obituary. So here we go. Off of the new album, Dying of Everything. This is Obituary with Torn Apart. Yeah! 
There we go. That is Obituary from Florida with Torn Apart. Um, yeah, it's a strong record. I don't know if it is quite as good as the one prior, the self-titled one, but um, it's if it's a step down, it's very minimal. Um, it's a really strong album, and there's a pretty good variety. Um, but we you know, from song to song, there's some good variety going on there, while still obviously sounding very obituary. Uh, all right, we're going to Alabama. I uh, don't really play too many bands from Alabama because I can't really name too many bands from Alabama. But this is a two-piece black metal band that's been going since 2016. Um, never heard of them before until very recently. Uh, on the Krigsgrove uh, Instagram and Facebook pages, we posted um, mine and Justin's and Cody's you know, favorite black metal albums. And then we did a post a few days after that sharing our favorite death metal albums. And we're probably going to keep doing that just kind of through various uh, subgenres of metal just to kind of share some of our um, some of our favorites. I, I feel like it's kind of interesting if you're a fan of the band to kind of get it that kind of insight into what our own personal musical tastes are and stuff like that. Um, but yes, whenever we posted the black metal one, somebody commented on the Instagram because uh, we always ask, you know, here's our favorites. What are some of yours? And, uh, you know, we get a lot of likes, but we don't usually get as you know, many replies as I would like to see. I was, I'm curious to, to get other people's answers to those questions as well. Uh, but we did get one person who shared that uh, this band and this album uh, was one of their favorites, um, which is crazy to me because we're talking like favorite of all time, favorite black metal record you've ever heard. And they shared this one. And the band is called Witch of 1692. And the album, it's their only album up to this point, uh, is called Impious Mysterial Hymn. And that came out in December of 2016. Uh, they released it independently, and it's a very raw production, and um, just kind of sounds like kind of your typical raw black metal. Um, I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I'm still going to play it, of course, on this episode here, but uh, it didn't blow me away. But it was definitely uh, one that I had not heard before, and I was just, I'm always happy to hear new stuff. So uh, the fact that they suggested this album uh, in their comment on our Instagram, uh, I'm appreciative of that. So um, I checked it out, listened to the whole album. Uh, not bad, not super memorable, but um, it's just some pretty good quality raw black metal. So without further ado here we go off of their only album impious mysterial hymn this is witch of 1692 with offerings to the scarlet woman Come <laughs> on. 
All right, there we go. That was Witch of 1692 from Alabama with offerings to the Scarlet Woman. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Straightforward, raw, black metal, but uh, is it like one of the best of all time? I'll just uh, let you decide your opinion on that one. Uh, all right, we're going to New Jersey here in the USA. This is a band called The Primitive, and it's a one-man band that's been going since 2016. And uh, the main man is Jim Rowe, and you might remember Jim Rowe um, as the original drummer of uh, Incantation, or at least he was the drummer that played on the first couple of albums. Um, so yeah, he was there from like 1990 to like 94, 95, and then uh, he actually came back into the band. Uh, wasn't on any releases or anything, but he came back into the band for live duties from 2007 to 2009, whenever Kyle Severn decided to take uh, one, one of many uh absences from the band you know he's always been kind of in and out but they've always kind of had an open door policy with him as you know anytime he wants to play he's welcome to play and uh but they seem you know pretty content with the fact that like he's not really going to tour anymore and they always have uh somebody else filling in uh but they don't skip a beat but anyways jim rose started this project and it sounds actually very much like incantation it's you know the band is called the primitive and it's very primitive death metal um, but it's pretty good. His vocals are pretty good, uh, but he plays everything. Uh, I never really knew him to be a guitar player, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly not bad. I wouldn't say it's as good as Incantation, uh, mainly because the riffing isn't quite as, as cool to me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just cool to hear some stuff from Jim Rowe, really, but, uh, he's only done a couple of releases. He's, he's done a lot of singles. That seems to be his thing, because he's not signed, um, so he put out an EP in 2016 and then a second EP in uh, late 2016. And then he did like a four song demo in 2020. And then since then, he's just kind of trickled out like a single here and a single there that have just kind of dropped onto his Bandcamp page and that's it. Um, so I really don't know what's going on, if he's ever planning on doing an album or if he's just content with, you know, whenever he finishes and mixes a song, he's just going to release it. Uh, it. Seems to be working for him. I mean, he just kind of shares it and word of mouth just kind of gets around and people share it around Facebook and stuff and um, like I follow his, his Facebook page so anytime he releases something new I, I see it and check it out but I'm going to play something off of uh, one of those first EPs to me those first two EPs are still the best uh, the little demo he did in 2020 was good but not great and then the singles that he's been trickling out haven't really grabbed me that much but um, those first couple of EPs uh, are quite good so I'm gonna play something off of his like debut release the first thing he put out which was uh, an EP in 2016 called founded in hell and uh, as I said he releases everything independently and um, not really I think there's five songs on it if I remember right but I'm gonna play the title track off of it as it uh, is kind of the standout track for me from this this EP so if you haven't checked it out um, Go find their Bandcamp page, because like I said, he's he's doing it all himself, releasing it all independently. So if you dig it, then uh, just go, you know, purchase the uh, the digital albums from the Bandcamp and, and support the band. So uh, here we go off of the 2016 EP. This is The Primitive with Founded in Hell.
right, there we go. No surprise there that that is a member, former member of Incantation. I mean, they sound very similar. Uh, all right, that was The Primitive with Founded in Hell. Uh, yeah, like I said, those first two EPs are really good. There's Founded in Hell, and then there's just a self-titled one uh, that came out that same year. Uh, all right, we're going to follow up that nice, primitive, brutal slab with uh, some more melodic, kind of almost post-black metal type stuff out of Manchester in the UK. Uh, this is a four-piece band that's pretty new. They've been going since 2021. Uh, they're called Cairns, and... Their only release so far is an EP called Keening that came out in May of 2022 through Clobber Records, which I've never heard of before. Uh, but I don't remember where I kept coming across this, but I just kept seeing this album cover. Um, and there's nothing, you know, particularly remarkable about the album cover, but like, I think it's just the shade of it, I guess. It's kind of this yellowish, uh, aged, you know, kind of natural off-white kind of color. Um... And I don't know, just something about the the cover and their logo and stuff. I kept seeing it, and uh, and it was just kind of grabbing me. So I checked out the EP. Pretty cool. It's not. Uh, there's some shining moments on there, and then there's some that I'm just kind of like, eh, it's all right. So I'm curious what they would do on a a full length release. But um, this tune here, I believe, is the opening cut off of the EP, if I remember right. But uh, this one is the best. This is the one that comes out and grabs you, and then, uh, you know, the other songs on the EP kind of take some liberties from there, And uh, but this one definitely has the most staying power and the most kind of uh, energy to it. But it's a cool EP, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep an eye out and see what they do in the future. We'll see. Still a very new band. So here we go. I don't know a ton about them, so I'm not going to keep uh, yammering on here. So off of their debut release, uh, the EP called Keening. This is Cairns from Manchester with The Wicker Ablaze.
All right, there we go. That is Cairns from Manchester, England with The Wicker Ablaze. It's a cool EP, uh, I, but like I said, I think that tune right there is definitely the, uh, the standout track for me. All right, we're going to Sweden here. This is a four-piece death metal band that is my favorite of the Swedish scene from back in the day. They've been around since 88. That band is Grave. Uh, always loved that they weren't afraid to really slow down and get some kind of doomy parts in there. And um, they've been on a roll with their last several albums, but they haven't released anything in a long freaking time at this point. It's probably been, God, maybe 2014 was the last thing they've released. I mean, it's been a while. And um, I'm antsy. I'm very antsy for a new record. And they don't post anything about progress or you know nothing about uh, about a new record in in years and years and i don't know what's going on there but um i'm gonna play something off of their 10th album they they have 11 albums at this point but their 10th album is called endless procession of souls that came out in august of 2012 through century media um i feel like they kind of had whenever they reformed because they they kind of broke up there towards the late 90s and then uh, came back in the year 2000, I believe, with the album Back from the Grave, and um, they kind of had uh, what seemed to be a bigger budget for some of those albums that came out um, after they reformed, and then I'm guessing maybe due to, you know, maybe not that great of album sales or something, maybe the budget was cut because there was a couple albums in a row there that had some pretty rough uh, production, just compared, not awful, but just compared to some of the others, it was definitely a rough uh, production. And then I think though they started doing well again because their last couple of albums have had a much clearer, you know, more high budget sounding uh, production, I would say. So this is one of those ones that uh, sounds like they kind of had a little more money and a little more time to, to make it sound great. Uh, but this is a really strong record. Um, one of the better ones they've done since they, they reformed. But uh, yeah, man. It's been since like 2014 or 15, I want to say, since uh, their last album, and I'm really, really itching for for a new one here, so we'll see what happens. But yes, this song uh, is definitely one of the more memorable ones. It has a weird song title. I'm not really sure what it means, but uh, but I've always really liked this song a lot. So here we go, off of their 10th album, Endless Procession of Souls. This is Grave with Winds of Chains. Thank you. 
right, that was Grave from Sweden with Winds of Chains, one of my favorites off of that album. Again, that record was Endless Procession of Souls, and that's definitely one of the better ones uh, that they've ever released, honestly, but certainly one of the better ones that they've done since they uh, they reformed. Um, all right, we're going back to the USA here, and this is a band that I uh, was a member, actually. Uh, started here in Texas and then ended up going up to uh, Washington State because uh, the main man of this band uh, ended up moving. That's my friend Dave. He moved up to the Seattle, Washington area. The band is Ophian, and uh, we kind of started just me and him in uh, 2009. He already had a lot of his uh, his riff ideas and everything uh, ready to go and uh, just needed a drummer pretty much. So he would show me these sections and I would kind of, sometimes he would have a drum beat in mind and other times he would say just you know play whatever you think would go with this and slowly but surely we started really kind of putting together these songs I say slowly but actually the more I think about it I feel like they came together pretty quickly because um, we rehearsed you know pretty regularly trying to get these songs together but uh, we did a an EP in 2010 called Divine Moral Severance um, that was released independently and then we did a full length in 2014 as well and I played on both of those and I actually mixed uh, Divine Moral Severance which was interesting it was a chore <laughs> but it, like it was it paid off it was a chore in the sense that I wanted to sound replace the kick drums but I don't have sound replacement software so I had to do it manually so every single time that I hit a kick drum on these tracks I would go in with my sample and highlight the kick drum and replace and highlight the next kick drum hit and replace and replace and replace and just one by one it took forever it would take me like two days to get one song finished you know so i probably spent a solid week just sound replacing kicks and then from there i could continue on mixing it properly but i love it like you can hear the attack of the drums really well um it's thin but not too thin you can still hear the bass but there's a really cold um guitar tone just that real like old immortal albums that nice kind of thin icy guitar tone and uh, I really still enjoy this uh, this EP, and I listen to it fairly regularly. Uh, the debut, not as much, because the mix of that one really kind of uh, went went to hell in a hurry. Uh, I didn't want to mix that one because it was so, so challenging to do the EP. I, I didn't want to do the full length, so uh, we sent it to somebody here in Texas who made a complete mess of it. And then uh, when Dave moved to Washington, he had somebody up there try to kind of fix it. And... It just couldn't be fixed, really. It's it's not unlistenable by any means, but uh, as far as uh, me personally, I, I was kind of disappointed in the mix because those drum performances on that album, I still feel, is some of my best work I've ever done, but you just can't hear it. Uh, there's just a lot of cymbals and a lot of guitars and a lot of vocals, and you can't really hear the bass guitar or much of what I'm doing drum-wise, and it's just a shame, but um, I do still listen to it from time to time just because the songs were so damn good. Um, but yes, Divine Moral Severance is definitely uh, something that I'm very proud of, and uh, and hopefully Dave is still proud of it as well. I think we've made something pretty cool here. So yeah, this one um, that I'm about to play was a really fun one to play live. They all were. All very challenging. Lots of double bass, lots of blasting, and uh, certainly a bit of, a, of an endurance test for me. But uh, this one remains one of my favorites on the EP. So here we go. Off of our debut release, Divine Moral Severance. This is Ophian with Fires of Transcendence.
Alright, there we go. That is Ophian with Fires of Transcendence. Um, yeah, I really don't know if Dave still kind of has some stockpiled material that he wants to release uh, under the Ophian name. He's in another black metal band up there in Washington, and I, I kind of feel like the stuff he writes these days would probably end up, um, you know, being released by that project instead of, uh, of forcing it to be released, you know, as Ophian. Um, but yeah, if he ever wants to do anything Ophian related, he can just send me material and I'll gladly record some drums for it, even though it's hard as hell to play that stuff. And I haven't, uh, we did a, a one-off, like, reunion kind of show type thing in Texas. Like, he came down, but, like, we rehearsed without him first down here for a few weeks, and then he came down and we did our final rehearsals all together, and then we played uh, kind of this metal fest um, in Dallas just as a one-off, and man, talk about trying to get the muscle memory back when it comes to drumming those songs, because I haven't really played something that intense in a while, and uh, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to get myself back into game shape to play those songs, but it went really well. It was a lot of fun. Uh, all right, we're moving on here to Germany. This is a three-piece that is uh, sadly no longer active. They existed from 2013 to 2019. They're called Antlers, and I've played one song of theirs uh, off of their second record like many 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 episodes ago and um i wanted to play something off of the debut this time because the debut the second album every song kind of has the same drum beats like this just blasting from like start to finish in like almost every song and there's not a whole lot of dynamics in the songwriting going on there the second album came out in 2018 but this debut from 2015 um there's you know they're kind of planting that seed of, uh, of having some song structures that involve just a lot of blasting, like just one or two drum beats in the whole song. But there's also some songs there that are a little more varied, and uh, I, think it, I think it's better, honestly. I think the debut is better than the second album. Uh, the debut is called A Gaze Into the Abyss, and uh, that was released independently. Can't remember who they were signed to for the release of the second album, um, but they're both good records, honestly. But uh, there's just more dynamics, more variety on the debut. Uh, but this particular song I really like a lot. And uh, honestly, this this is a very good band. If you haven't heard them, you know, it's a shame they're not still around. But uh, I suggest, you know, checking them out on Spotify or YouTube or something like that. Because uh, this debut is a damn good one. So here we go off of their debut album from 2015 called A Gaze Into the Abyss. This is Antlers from Germany with To the Throats. There's no God down here.
All right, there we go. A great tune and a great record. That was Antlers with To the Throats. All right, we're going back to the USA here and back to Texas, but uh, out of San Antonio this time. This is a one-man band that's been going since 2007. And I've been a fan for, ooh, maybe since 2014 or so when I first heard this band. Uh, it's called The Howling Void, and it's some of the best just really heavy uh, symphonic funeral doom that I've ever heard. And um, it's probably my favorite <clears throat> doom album ever. Like, I know that's a pretty broad range because you got your kind of classic doom bands like Candlemass and stuff like that, who I love. But um, in terms of just the the true meaning of just doom and <laughs> doom and gloom here... Uh, the Howling Voids album uh, called The Womb Beyond the World is one of the darkest and heaviest and most powerful like Funeral Doom albums I've ever heard. And after that, he released a few albums that were slightly more melodic and had some more clean vocals in there, and it just kind of had a slightly more uplifting tone to it, which is kind of funny that it's just kind of the opposite of uh, The Womb Beyond the World. But... Um, he kind of took things more in a dark territory again on their last album, uh, which was called Bleak and Everlasting, and that was another excellent record. Um, and then just got signed to Funere Records, at least that's how I'm pronouncing it. It's F-U-N-E-R-E -E with a little accent over the E. Um, so that's a, a pretty good Doom label from what I understand. So uh, he just released... His eighth album just came out on January 6th called Into Darkness, Evermore Profound. And it's not quite as dark as the last album, Bleak and Everlasting, and certainly not as dark as uh, The Womb Beyond the World. Um, but it kind of falls somewhere in between. And it's it's good. I, I've tried my best to, uh, to listen to it a couple of times to kind of try and properly digest it. And uh, it's definitely a really strong addition to the uh, to the discography. I think this guy just can't release a bad album if he tried, honestly. But uh, songs are very long, so I'm warning you now this is a lengthy one because uh, it's you know funeral doom. That's just the nature of the subgenre. But um, but yeah, this is excellent band. If you haven't heard him before, I know I've played uh, his stuff at least twice in the past. But um, but yeah, it's worth it's worth your time. It's worth checking out if you're a fan of of doom. So here we go, off of the new album, Into Darkness Evermore Profound. This is The Howling Void with Impenetrable Gloom.
that was some beautiful, epic, heavy funeral doom from the Howling Void with Impenetrable Gloom. Uh, all right, we are moving back to Sweden here. This is a four-piece that officially existed from 89 up until 2013, um, but they've kind of been active again since 2017 or 18, uh, but just in a live setting. But they keep teasing, like, oh, it's going to be a big year for us this year, and people are like, does that mean there's new material or what? But they won't say. So that band is Vomitory, and they are one of my favorite death metal bands. Um, very straightforward, uh, brutal, not overly technical. They just write great songs. I love the drumming. Um, and there's there's kind of a blend of like you'll get, you'll get the occasional kind of deicide riff in there and you'll get some very uh, heavy bolt thrower influences in there. And they just kind of do it their way and I love it. And uh, they haven't really released anything weak in their entire discography. They had a couple of different vocalists on the first two albums um, and then by album number three onwards they've had Eric as their singer and um, and he's been great. So I'm going to play something. Those first two albums are strong albums of course but by album number three here I feel like they kind of hit their stride, found their sound and then they've just kind of been uh, tightening it up ever since really. Um, so the third album is Revelation Nausea, and that came out in March of 2001 through Metal Blade Records. Their third album out of eight, and uh, I really hope that they end up releasing some new material, because after they broke up, uh, Tobias Gustafsson, the drummer, he's a, a big inspiration for me, uh, both because I love his drumming and he's one of the main songwriters, and I always write songs in pretty much any band I've ever played in. I like to write and contribute, so... Um, I always, you know, have an appreciation for him, uh, being able to write some, some damn good death metal here. So, um, but yeah, after the band kind of stopped in 2013, he formed a band called Cut Up. It was him and Eric from Vomitory and then a couple of other guys who, whose names are escaping me, but they're, they're excellent musicians in their own right. So I don't mean to, to just make them seem like they're just add-ons, you know? But um, but no, the band Cut Up was great, and they released a couple of albums, and then they haven't done anything since. So it's like, well, Cut Up's not doing anything. Vomitory's the active one that he's focusing his time and energy on these days. I'm like, well, I just wish they would make a new Vomitory record, since Cut Up doesn't seem to be releasing anything anytime soon. So who knows? Maybe uh, 2023 will be the year. We'll see. But at the very least, they're all still friends. Like, they broke up the band, but they still hung out all the time. If you follow their social media, they just post pictures of them out drinking and stuff together at a bar. Uh, but anyways, back to the point here. They have not released a weak album, but this one is really the one that started to make people take notice. And uh, it's an excellent record, very straight and to the point. And, uh, and this tune here is one of my favorites off of it. So here we go, off of the third album, Revelation Nausea. This is Vomitory with Beneath the Soil.
there we have it that is vomitory from sweden with beneath the soil such a strong record such a real punch to the face it just stays aggressive from start to finish as does you know most of their albums all right we're going to france here a three-piece band that's been going since 2004 that i'm frankly not much of a fan of but i have several friends who are so i decided i would play them that band is nocturnal depression um, I really have to be in the right mood for the real depressive uh, black metal stuff. I do like Zaster and stuff like that, but uh, this band I just don't really enjoy that much, and it's hard to really pinpoint why. I don't really like the guy's voice, um, and I don't know, the music just doesn't seem all that special to me, but uh, it certainly resonates with, uh, with plenty of other people, so it's definitely worth playing that band. If I didn't say it already, is Nocturnal Depression. Did I say that? Well, if I haven't, I just did. But um, they've been around a while, since 2004, as I said. And I don't know a ton about them. I've, I've only heard maybe a couple of albums, uh, this one included. And it's just kind of not doing it for me. But maybe somebody can recommend, you know, whatever their strongest record is that I should check out. Uh, but I'm going to play something off of their eighth album called Deathcade that came out in March of 2017 through Sun and Moon Records. And um, this particular song that I'm about to play seems to be one of their more popular ones in terms of, you know, uh, songs that have the most plays or whatever on some of these streaming services. Uh, so I assume this is one that's kind of well uh, respected among the fan base. So hopefully so. I could be wrong. Who knows? So, yes, since I don't know a ton about them, I'm going to shut up and play the song now. So uh, off of the album Deathcade, this is Nocturnal Depression with Anthem to Self-Destruction. Thank you. 
There we go. That is Nocturnal Depression from France with Anthem to Self-Destruction. Um, all right. We are moving forward here to Poland. This is a four-piece band that's been going since 93. Uh, that band is Arcona, and for a long time I kind of just viewed them as imposters because I was a fan of the band Arcona from Russia, which was more of that kind of folky pagan metal with the female singer that screams and growls and stuff, and uh, they have a lot of folky instruments and stuff in there, so whenever I would try to look up something for them and I'd come across this band from Poland, I would just be like, Puh, that's the that's the poser, Arcona. I don't know anything about that band, and I would just move on and try to find the one that I was initially looking for. Uh, but once I actually took the time to see what this other Arcona sounds like, they're fantastic, and really wish I took the time to listen to them a lot sooner. And I know I've said this exact spiel the first time I played this band on the podcast, which was, you know, quite some time ago. Um, but yeah, once I discovered this album, um, they've got seven records, but I, I've really only checked out the last few, maybe the last three albums. That I haven't looked into the really early stuff, but man, this most recent one, um, I, I'm all over it. I love it. Uh, the album I'm speaking of is called Age of Capricorn, and that came out in 2019 through Debra Morty Productions. Uh, seventh album, as I said, it's their most recent one. Um, don't really have any news on if they're working on a new one. I can only assume they are. Uh, but the drumming is phenomenal. They use these kind of symphonic elements really well. Like, they're, t they're not just uh, coming at you all the time with a lot of symphonic stuff. It's just kind of, it's well utilized. Uh, but the songs are intense and powerful and kind of have the vibe of like, you know, Batushka or something like that, but just done differently. Um, but it's excellent. And it's, I owe this band an apology because I ignored them for so long because they simply weren't the Russian one that I was looking for. <laughs> so uh, really good stuff here. So here we go off of the seventh album, Age of Capricorn. This is Arcona with Alone Among Wolves.
Alright, that's as good a place to jump in as any. That was Arcona from Poland with Alone Among Wolves. That album is in regular rotation for me whenever I go out walking just around the neighborhood and stuff. I'm listening to that album a lot. Um, Alright, we're going back to the UK here. I couldn't tell you exactly where because whenever you look up the band, it just says that they are from Southwest England. So that's pretty vague. Uh, This band's been going since 2016. It's a three-piece technically, although they have a fourth member that they use for live uh, stuff. The band is called Deadwood Lake, and really know very little about them. Uh, just happened to see them in a like similar artists, you know, type thing on Spotify, and said, "Huh, never heard of them." And the cover art for their little thumbnail on Spotify uh, looked pretty cool, <laughs> so I was like, "Well, let's check it out." And it was pretty good. It didn't completely blow me away, but it was it was some pretty good uh, black metal, and. Come to find out, they've released a couple of albums. Uh, They've done two EPs and two full lengths, I believe, at this point. I'm going to play something off of the most recent, uh, which is the second album. came out in August of 2019 called Immortalized in Death, and that came out through UKEM Records. Not sure what uh, that stands for. I know what the UK part would stand for, of course, but I haven't heard of that label before. But... um, it's good. Really cool cover. As I said, that's kind of what drew me in in the first place. But um, but yeah, it's pretty solid. Evidently, the singer, who also plays bass, uh, he kind of formed this band, I guess, in memory of his, uh, his brother. I don't know the details of that, if his brother always encouraged him to start a band or something, and maybe his brother passed away, and then he decided, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it and start a band. No idea, really, but that's just the details I uh, read, is that he formed this band... For the sole purpose of kind of paying tribute to uh, to his late brother. So, um, yeah, I feel like I've said this three or four times tonight, but uh, since I don't know that much about this band, um, I'm just going to kind of let the music do the talking here. But, um, but, yeah, this just falls into that category of, like, stuff I've never heard before that gets suggested to me through Spotify or something like that, and I just take the time to check it out and end up liking it so uh, I encourage all of you out there to do the same because you do uh, a lot of the time come across something that's actually pretty cool that you may have uh, otherwise never taken the time to uh, to listen to before so here we go off of their second album Immortalized in Death this is Deadwood Lake with The March of Time
All right, that was Deadwood Lake from the Southwest UK with The March of Time. Yeah, it's they're an interesting band, and it's an interesting record because it kind of has this modern thrash voice. Like, it sounds like if Warbringer released a black metal album or something, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it's definitely not, like, traditional, but uh, I still think it's it somehow works. I'm not sure. Not sure how, but it somehow works for them. Um, all right, it is that time to finish out the podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell them where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. And, of course, the entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify as well. So you can find uh, the podcast and follow it there. Any sort of, like, feedback, requests, you know, anything you want to share with me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of news or updates or poll questions or just anything I feel like sharing with you guys, the listeners, uh, it's going to be posted there. So uh, be sure to find and like that Facebook page so you don't miss out. Um, Yeah, as I said at the top of the episode, I'm probably going to do another regular style episode for uh, for the next one. And then after that, I might... uh, go for a themed one so uh be on the lookout for a poll question for you guys and i can pick a theme um all right this has been a longer episode so i appreciate all of you for kind of sticking with it and hanging in there so we're gonna finish with a lengthy one but i think it's worth it because it's a brand new song and uh it's a band that kind of hasn't been super active in the last decade so uh, i think it's uh, worth sharing that band is Velnius, and they are from Colorado here in the USA. They've been going since 06, and uh, I was first introduced to their music by my friend and former bandmate, Corey. And uh, they've got three records to date. Um, one was in 08, and then 2012, and then there was a long hiatus, and then they finally released uh, another album in 2020. And they've kind of played sparingly here and there, mostly due to pandemic and stuff like that. They haven't really been too active um, as far as live stuff goes. But they're starting to turn that around a little bit, playing some festivals and stuff here and there. Um, but from what I have gathered, they're going to be releasing an album this year in 2023. Uh, no news on the title of it or anything like that, but it should be released through uh, through Eisenwald, who I believe uh, did their last album as well. Uh, but they released a new single and music video, and it's a long song, but it's a very kind of epic uh, song with a lot of twists and turns and still sounds very Vilnius while kind of pushing their sound into new territories as well. But the music video is very cool as well, so I suggest that you uh, you check out the video in addition to the song here. But um, but yeah, a nice long one to close this out. Um, <clears throat> I've had a few long ones in this episode, so again, thanks for listening for the whole thing. And I'll be back in uh, in two weeks here. So see you guys. Take care. Here we go off of whatever their upcoming album this year is going to be called. This is Velnius with Rending of Dyadic Convolution. Cheers.